Today or whenever you're listening to this podcast, those are the two options. Tonight or today. <laughs> yeah. After that, we're taking it offline, <laughs> baby. Uh, what? Uh, we're looking at season four, episode sixteen, Duffless. Yep, we're listening to Duffless. And season four, episode seventeen. Have we got a sound effect lined up for this one? Last exit to Springfield. I don't know. Do you have a song you want to play? Or you... Um, I haven't got. I, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, you pick it up your, your I guitar. Wasn't prepared, I wasn't prepared to do this. Are you just going to break into a rendition of Killing in the Name of? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, everyone is Nick with I don't, some music. <laughs> um... I, I'm not quite sure what the chords are for the, the, the Union Strike song. I'm sure that it'll be good then. It's also going to sound terrible because I'm playing a bass through a distorted guitar amp <laughs> with a bottle cap as a pick. So we'll march day and night. No, that's not the right key. But the cooling. Oh, I've killed my amp now. That's dead. Boomer lives! Boomer? It's a Mark Maron thing, don't worry about it. Someone will get it. The millions of Mark Maron fans that tune in to us every week. To hear you regurgitate Mark Maron content? <laughs> yeah. Season 4, episode 17, last exit to Springfield. You can, exit all that. you can edit all that out if you want. <laughs> I'm going to call this one last edit of Springfield. First prize. First prize. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh yeah, from that uh, that well-known scene, Lisa needs braces. First prize, <laughs> exactly. Excellent. So duffless, the episode in which Homer goes duffless and he doesn't drink any duff. I didn't for a little take. While. I didn't take a single note in this episode. Oh, really? Because I was going to let you take the lead on this. <laughs> I think you're ready for an Alan. I wouldn't recommend it. Who's Who's Alan? <laughs> it's a Simpsons reference, son. Oh. What do you think this is? All right. What do you think you are right now? We've been training for this our whole lives. Are you about to? Is the podcast about to cut to a montage of me in a dusty, dimly lit gym <laughs> at gym wearing Heather Gray playing basketball until I'm sweaty over a Tina Turner rock song? And then just watching The Simpsons day in, day out. Yeah, pretty much. In my mustard stained pant. We open with little buddy boy having a dream. He's, you know, he is the dreamer in this opening sequence. And uh, in his dream, he acknowledges that Springfield Elementary doesn't have any Asian kids. Would Which, you you bristled at? Seems like an interesting choice to me because, uh, as far as I can tell, Springfield Elementary does have some Asian kids. Does it? There's one in the Super Friends, isn't there? Yeah, there's at least one. Which one is that? There's uh, oh. he's not Ham. He's not Data. He's not Cosmos because that's Bart. He's not Lisa. What are the other Super Friends? <sighs> Am I, am I googling I this? No, we're a few seasons away. We'll get to that. Maybe that's like a new arrival, though, between Ooh. between episodes. 
Maybe. I don't know, but uh, I guess my question is, does this mean that in Bart's dreams, is he aware of the the fact that he's living in a predominantly white town? Is, is Bart woke? Um, is Bart woke? In- interesting, fascinating question. I don't know. Do okay, know? question two then. Oh, God. Lisa makes a big old tomato. Big old tomato. What is preventing us from making big old tomatoes well, and solving world hunger in this method? So, uh, this let, way. Let, let's back up for a moment. So, they're doing... It's the science fair. Mm. Uh, I think... I don't really think that we have on a school-wide basis here in No, Oz, I don't think it's so much of a thing. I don't even, is it so much of a thing in America or is it just a thing on American TV? Because it might it's a, just be a thing on American TV. Because it's an easy thing for... For a TV show to do, but it only ever seems yeah. to happen once per TV show. It doesn't happen yeah. in like season two, three, four. It's... Excellent points. Well, yeah. this happened literally in season four. But yeah. uh, Americans, write in, tell us. Yeah. Um, uh, so they're doing the science fair. Lisa's project is growing an enormous tomato. Big old tomato. By using anabolic steroids. Yeah. Which I find kind of interesting. And then she says, oh, this is how we can solve world hunger. Yeah, but if you solve world hunger with food that's been grown with anabolic steroids, there's a fair chance that some of that anabolic steroid will remain in the food, which means the person who ingests the food surely must then be ingesting the anabolic steroids. Yeah, which hey, means you Lisa. Will, you will solve world hunger, but you will give everyone big bulging cloud-like muscles and tiny little genitals that don't work. Lisa, you fucked it. You fucked up. Lisa, what are you doing? How dare you? <sighs> You know, this is the problem with this show, you know. Lisa, Does Lisa right have... off on her little crusades, trying to save the world. Does Lisa have a middle name? Uh, does she have a middle name? I don't know. <laughs> I'm wondering if I can make an anagram in which Monsanto is the word that comes up. <laughs> Monsanto? <laughs> Why? Well, you know, the, the the company that genetically engineers food in America. And, okay. And, and then I was going to accuse Lisa okay, of Okay, being... which letters are we missing from Monsanto? Um, most of them. <laughs> Uh, we've got. I keep picking that up, thinking it's a pen. It's not. It's a hook for knitting. Um, we've got. Um, Just running through my head. I feel like we have most of them already. We're missing maybe a T. Yeah, and the oh, the M's in Simpson. Yeah. Fuck. There's uh, okay. There's there's quite a yeah. All right. I'll just I'll I'll keep percolating on this one. <laughs> okay. By that I mean I'll ignore it and never come back to it. So Homer, in, at the start of this episode, wants to go to the uh, the Duff Brewery. Mm-hmm. He wants to go and drink a bunch of beer. Sure. So he escapes from the power plant in a sequence that you had to close your eyes for. You have a hard time with this scene. I don't like spiders. You don't like spiders? I really don't like spiders. To the point where there have been some times where like, I, I don't watch nature documentaries. Yeah. I know that I've presented myself on this con- on this podcast as a guy that hates content, and then I, th- I fear by- content and nature. I fear that by extension, I've presented myself as someone who hates learning. You walk down the street screaming lousy birds at the sky. You just no, you hate I, creatures. I, I don't do that. But the last time I watched a nature documentary, it was one of the Attenborough ones, Planet Earth or something. Um, it was like you know trees and plants, and Attenborough saying, "And here we see." Trees and plants. And then out of nowhere, a huge fucking spider on one of the trees. And uh, I am petrified of spiders to the point where it's not just like I see it on a screen and go, ooh, that's scary. I'd hate to come across that. I see it on the screen and immediately think... There is one under my chair. There is one crawling up behind my chair. There is one dropping down on me from the ceiling. 
It's really, really bad. There's one coming up the stairs right now. Is that oh, no? Let's not remind me about how scared I am of things coming up the stairs. <laughs> Luckily, I'm not on a crazy sugar binge like I was, whatever it was, four episodes ago. See, I don't think I'm as bad with spiders as I used to be because in several of the households that I've lived in, I've been the default spider person, the person who deals with the spiders. <sighs> should have said Spider-Man. Yeah, but I chose not to because I want to keep it gender neutral. It's Is a... your name Toby Maguire? The one true Spider-Man. <laughs> no, my name is Andrew Garfield. That's why I ate all the lasagna before. Is that comedian Andrew Garfield? No. Oh, it's right. the actor, Andrew Garfield. Oh, what does he do? He eats lasagna. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> all right. He was also Spider-Man. What do you think this bit is? is, is, is what Andrew, are you fiddling with there? Is, oh, it's a bit of elastic that I don't know where it came from. You're making is, twanging noises there. <laughs> is Andrew Garfield also... Um, that's just me. That's coming out quite nice, actually. Is Andrew Garfield friends with John? John Hamm? The owner of Andrew Garfield? I mean, maybe. This is going to be a wild episode. I'm, I've just been trying to remember if there's anyone named Nermal. Like, anywhere. <laughs> is there a Nermal? No, I think it was a misprint. I think it was a narwhal. No, you're, that's the new Nermal. Well, the new Nermal's a narwhal. Yeah. Really? What? What? Wait, is there a, is it like a Garfield remake in which Normal's a Narwhal? No, I'm just playing on the phrase the new normal. Oh, the, oh, the new uh, normal. Ah, <laughs> uh, 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 we're a couple of oh, fun-loving guys. We're bloody had some fun we're here. We're just and japing all over the place. On to the party march! <laughs> party march? Yeah, remember from the Disenchanted episode? <laughs> Disenchantment episode? Did we talk about party budgets on that episode? We recorded a lot of stuff that day. Did you cut it out? No, I think we did talk about party budgets. By the way, uh, if you haven't listened to our episode of The Simpsons Index, which I suppose I will have not mentioned on any previous episode up to this point, we were on episode 98 of The Simpsons Index, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But we, we mentioned party budget in our episode. Because mm. it was on the Disney... Yeah, yeah but we should still... We should, we should still, plug, still mention that we were on the still, other thing. Still plug yeah. the boys at The Simpsons Index. Yeah. Index. The lads. Uh, yeah, we were on The Simpsons Index. We talked about The Simpsons... A TV show neither of us had seen before, and yeah, it's good. No, I was thrilled to have seen it. Yeah. Finally saw the uh, the sequel to Camp Krusty that we've long <sighs> held out hope for in our hearts. Man, I was not a fan of the way they executed that idea. And then that uh, Ricky Gervais episode. Oh, yeah. That was called like, <laughs> are you offended? But Nick, Nick, Nick. What? Are you aware that Ricky Gervais doesn't believe in God? What? Yeah, I know, right? Which God, James? Which one? Ha. Uh, Nick, Nick. See? You're just as atheist as me. Ha. Ha. Are you offended? Can we oh not talk I've, about Ricky Gervais? I have been put on blast here, and I've seen the error of my ways, and I'm shocked, and I this is going to take a lot of self-reflection, I think. I'm just going to drink this beer. I'll feel fine after that. Do you want me to get you a mirror to aid with that self-reflection? Uh, is there a way to tag out of that back into <laughs> I don't know. You took no notes. This is making it, there's a lot of pressure on me. Yeah, there is. <laughs> I've always... Anyway, sorry. I know exactly how we tag back out of that. Not a fan of the fact that Lisa's using performance-enhancing drugs to increase food crops to then give to the underprivileged. That seems like a real hit for the underprivileged. Yeah, you hate the underprivileged oh, and, and you don't want them to have food. Unless unless what she's actually doing... Maybe there's another level of subversion there that I haven't picked up on. Maybe what she's doing is by giving anabolic steroid 
in uh, infused food to the underprivileged. Yes. She is helping them get stronger to lead an uprising <laughs> against the 1%. <laughs> Yeah, that makes a certain sense. It actually makes more sense than the fact that she was naive to how weird it is to give people anabolic steroids involuntarily. Okay, you're saying that this is the seed being planted, the tomato seed, if you will, that will eventually grow into a revolution in maybe season like 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36. Why are you counting? 37. We, fuck! <laughs> we, we simply have no way of knowing what's going to be happening in those seasons, James. No, that's true. Uh, what else have I got in <laughs> my many notes that I took? We were eating dinner while watching this episode, so my notes are kind of raggedy. Speaking of rags, Princess Di, she's in this episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it turns out she's a pile of rags. A pile of rags. A joke that I enjoy for its sheer weird cruelty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Not really sure what the implication there is. Oh, also, interesting that in the very next episode, Last Exit to Springfield, yeah. Prince Charles cops a drive-by too. He does, yeah. The big book of British they're smiles. just going after the royals. That's interesting. Yeah. That's because I don't think there have been any references to the, to the royal family other than those two references. No, I, I'm, I don't know how aware Americans would even be of the royal family. Uh, no, like, do, well, the, do they matter at all to like is I Princess think, Diana a figure that they gave a shit about? I think there is a sector of Americans who are extremely into it. In, in the same way that there's, you know how like at every royal event, hmm. the the cameras will be panning across the crowds, and then you see two fucking eighty eight year old numpties <laughs> dressed head to toe in Union Jack like suits, like matching Union Jack suits. And they'll have like Union Jacks painted on their fingernails and Union Jack teeth. Yeah. And they go, we love the Queen, we do. <laughs> there are some, some in America who are the same, except more like, we love the Queen, we do. I want to hear more about these guys. These uh, Queen lovers. These Queen lovers. Yeah. Uh, Can like- anybody find us someone to love? <laughs> Are you just describing Brian May, by the way? <laughs> oh, fuck. I, I, I love the Queen. That's why they call me Mr. Fahrenheit. And Grummet, get over here. <laughs> Don't stop me now. Something that I thought was a little strange watching this episode with pen sure. and paper in hand. Uh, pen, a, pen and paper. Pen yeah. and paper. Sure. When Homer... And his boy Barney goes to the Duff Brewery. Mm-hmm. I'm watching, it's like, wow, they're really taking a lot of shots at Duff here. But, mm. like, Duff is just like a fake company that they made up. Yeah. If it's kind of uh, weird just, like, doing the mental gymnastics of, oh, they're really, like, making fun of this company mm. that does not exist. They're really taking shots at this company, bringing it down to size yeah. that they invented and it's their property. and it do- yeah, Take that, that concept. <laughs> that seems to be the... Uh, yeah, there's some mild fun here. We see Hitler's head in a jar. Yeah, that's interesting. In a bottle, I suppose, more than a jar. Well, going no, it is a jar. Because <laughs> there's always... So that's the scene where there's the guy that's checking the quality and he goes, rat, uh, mouse, mouse, rat, syringe. Mm. And then when Barney says, hey, you're doing a great job, all these things go past, including Hitler's head in a jar. And it's mm. always annoyed me that uh, there's no feasible way that that jar could get into... That bottling line. And we also know that Hitler is still alive in The Simpsons. He is. Yeah. He appeared in the church once. Dust phone is on a nuisance phone. On a nuisance phone. Yeah. Yeah. 
Bud versus Australia. Mm. Mm. Uh, which we haven't seen yet. But no. he's, um, yeah, apparently in a, in a mason jar. Another note I have here is uh, when... When Buddy Boy, little Buddy Boy's got that big ass tomato. Your voice was going like late night radio. Another note I've got here. This one goes out to uh, all the lovers. This one goes out to all the lovely ladies out there in Radio Land. Out there in Radio Lab. (laughs) But what if, what if this is all about God? We keep taking shots at people who could destroy us if they no, wanted to. No, the people from Radio Radio Lab won't destroy us. They don't know who we are. They don't give a fuck about who we are. Jad Abumrad does not give two hoots about pods in the key of Springfield. Wouldn't that be great though if they did decide to destroy us? They just came for us. Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, what what was I? I remember reading about something ages ago where there was some. Local radio show somewhere that just for whatever reason got the shits with some website and like I, I don't know like a real estate agent three towns over or something, so they just directed heaps of people to go. No, this is a horrible story. They just they broke the poor real estate agent's website. Hi, this is Ira Glass, and I just want to say, James and Nick, I am coming for you. Well, I opened the beer on the recording earlier, and now Ivor Glass. Pretty good, Nick. Of Pretty beer. good of beer. I mean, you're drinking it out of a bottle, but yes. Shut the fuck up. Don't give away the game. <laughs> Sorry, did I break the illusion? You broke the illusion. Did I... It's it's theatre of the mind. Did I pierce Herzinger's magic circle and people can see that the... I mean, <laughs> I know that we usually tag the explicit thing in iTunes, but you can't go <laughs> saying that we've pierced Herzinger's magic circle. Anyway, anyway, the giant, giant tomato. A warning hedgehog? Is that who you meant? <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> the giant, the giant tomato. It hit Skinner in the ass. Tomato <laughs> splatters everywhere. <laughs> One note that you, I had here, because you know what Bart was playing, playing a classic game of put it in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> I want to focus on the, this butt for a moment because Skinner, Skinner's got a pretty good butt. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> peachy. Yeah, he's got a peachy old butt. It's a nice looking shape. Yeah, to it. Skinner's. Is Skinner like in shape? Is that part of the implication? The apple, we know he's a vet. The apple bottom, a veteran. The apple bottom jeans with the fur boots or whatever that song is. That's Skinner's got a little apple bottom. Yeah, I little, think little peachy I think apple maybe bottom. Maybe Skinner just has a good butt. Maybe that's what Krabappel sees in him later. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I uh, I thought a similar thing. He got that skin dog butt. That was immediately for me trumped by a thought of. Um, we see Lisa complaining to Marge, saying, oh, but the science fair's in three days. Cool. Why'd you take your tomato to school then? You idiot. It's so unnecessary. You stupid you're gro- idiot. You're, you're you not dickhead. Gro- you're not growing it at school. Yeah. The, the tomato doesn't need to be within a 100 meter radius of, a sk- of Skinner's peachy little butt. Like, you can mm. grow it at home, where you were growing it to begin with. Ta- leave it at home. No yeah. need to take it. Maybe you and shouldn't you have plucked the tomato so early either. Maybe you shouldn't have plucked the tomato. What were the conditions under? Also weird that Lisa brings out that tomato and announces to everyone what the deal is. Like, did nobody notice this enormous tomato? Apparently no one noticed the enormous tomato. Because you typically you grow a tomato outside, right? I mean, unless it's a greenhouse tomato, which you could grow inside. Seems unlikely. Where's the greenhouse? Ah, the little room. The little mysterious room. Oh, the mysterious room. Yeah, Lisa was keeping in that... That sort of uh, that space that appears and disappears. That weird, that weird TV room that yes. Homer sometimes sits in. Yeah, that sort of uh, House of Leaves esque mm. room that is only sometimes there, House which is leaves. not really what House of Leaves is about. But you know, I'm going to make the reference anyway. Mm. Yeah, weird tomato, good mm. ass. 
Those are my notes. <laughs> Weird tomato, good ass. So Lisa, having had her tomato uh, destroyed, exploded, concocts a secondary experiment called uh, Is My Bro Dumber Than a Hammo? Or Is My Brother Dumber Than a Hamster? Is My Bro Dumber Than um, Justin Hamilton? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Than- Justin Hamilton, if you are listening. Oh, you know what? I'd love it if Justin Hamilton yeah. listened. I enjoy his comedy. <laughs> he talked about me specifically on an episode of his podcast once. Do you remember that? His, pod- his podcast is called Can You Take This Photo, Please? And there is a podcast where he talks specifically about you. And it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, because uh, we go into an argument in a bar about the movie Interstellar. Mm. And then he said during the podcast he hoped that I realised that he wasn't actually as upset as he seemed... And I believe I tweeted it. This is not an interesting anecdote. Why am I telling you? Shut up. It's fine. (laughs) You're telling me to shut up? I'm telling you to shut up and keep talking. (laughs) Okay, well, yeah. Yeah, we we communicated after that and everything was fine. Now we're best friends. Yeah, best mates. Yeah. Um, uh, Is your bro jumping on a hammer? Yeah. Here's the thing. It made me think about the show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Are you smarter than a fifth grader? I am smarter than a fifth grader. I'm pretty a specific fifth grader. Yeah. <laughs> His name is Jordan. <laughs> He's a little dickhead. Good, na- good name for a fifth grader. Stupid little dickhead. Jesus. Arcing up against Jordan. Jordan, if you're listening, I'm coming for you. Stop listening. You're too young. Yeah, it's we- me and Ira Glass. <laughs> we we t- Ira broken glass bottle. Um, we uh, we tag as, as explicit. Stop listening, Jordan. Yeah, Jordan, go to bed. Uh, what the fuck was I talking about? Thanks. It's a Thanks. bad experiment. That's the point I'm trying to make. Thanks. I don't think this Fat is a cat. very good experiment that Lisa concocts. Uh, no, because she's at risk of giving... It wouldn't pass an ethics committee. Not she's, at all. She's at risk of giving both Bart and the hamster PTSD. And I was working... I was at university today. How many students did you electrocute through the medium of cupcake? All of them. <laughs> I, uh, oh. I, I had two separate discussions about ethics clearance today, and I'm barely at the university. I'm only there a few days a week. I, you know, I teach one topic. I don't do much. Mm. Still had to have two discussions about ethics clearance. I wrote a thesis, and the ethics clearance was a fucking nightmare. Look, I don't want to start throwing accusations around, but you know how, like, sometimes you'll see someone post a thing on Facebook about how they're just sick of all the drama? Yeah. And often my reaction to that is... Have a feeling that you might be the reason for the drama. Yeah, Johnny I, Drama. I, I think that maybe if you find yourself not working at a university very often but constantly being dragged into ethics conversations, <laughs> James, maybe you've got to look at the way you're teaching. Well, look, I'm also a video game journalist, so you, you... know ethics is <laughs> very much at the center. <laughs> oh, well, we're not going to go down that path. We'll close that gate. That <laughs> gate. Don't even say those words together. I'm going to beep off of that. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Don't. Careful which part you beep, because if you beat the, the middle syllable, it's just like, why is Nick talking about gay gate? <laughs> why? That, was... that would be weird. Here's the thing. We know from watching The Simpsons, popular anime is sick on The Simpsons. Gate. Don't. <laughs> I'm just going to fucking beep you. You know people have actually come after me, right? Oh, shit. <laughs> I've had, like, yeah. actual issues. Didn't you have that with, um... It, wasn't it your review of, like, Forza Down Under or wasn't something? It wasn't even a review. It was an oh. article. 
Like, I had to turn on two-factor authentication on everything. Like, people have, actually. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I don't want to blow on a dog whistle. <laughs> That's going to, unless, you know, I have to. So, anyway, anyway. Here's the thing. From watching The Simpsons, we know that Bart is a genius. Sure. Memsay and Bart, Rabbi has Rab- memo. Rabbi we know that he's a very smart little boy. Yep. So this test, Bart is smarter than a hamster. This is not going to be a good experiment. Well, that's a good point. And if it turned out he wasn't, what does that say? Is, the, is this a particularly intelligent hamster? Is this a ludicrously is, dumb lad? Is there also bias in the tests that she's created? Absolutely. Because that, I mean, well, actually, I suppose the weird part is the tests are all very biased towards Bart and he fails them all. Well, Bart is within his home environment as well. He has no reason to suspect oh, that he's going to be, you know, pranked and japed. That's interesting. His guard was down. Mm. His little, what the hell happened to my guard? His little body guard was down. Yeah. Um, that's Lisa's a, essentially... You have been talking to She's performing panels. a very unethical anthropological, uh, you know, sort of ethnographic piece of research. Within her own home. (laughs) Fuck. Unethical, anthropological, ethnographic. Yeah. Wow. Wasn't that the fourth album by George Harrison? (laughs) We'll get to George Harrison in the next episode. Oh, will we? (laughs) Sure. Sure. Oh, there is a Beatles reference in the next episode. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, this seems like a bad experiment. Mm. Walter Wall. And, you know, Lisa seems awfully proud of herself. Walter Wall. Is that the guy that invented walls? Yeah, maybe. He's going to be yeah. the one that saves them. I, I love that uh, Walter Wall, his business wasn't very good until he started a partnership with Ralph the Roof. But the <laughs> thing is, Ralph the Roof's business was much, much worse before he started Wal- with Walter Wall. <laughs> All the roofs were just on the ground. Because okay. there were no walls holding them up. That, okay. was, that was the joke there. I'm just running through a very niche bit I used to do with an ex and whether it was worth bringing up. No, it's not. There was a business that said floors, 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 and I had this whole thing related floors, to floors, 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 floors. floors. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> Why does that make me laugh so much? Oh, I've told you about my favourite shop on South Road, haven't I? Which one? Bob Burns Blinds. Yes. A blind shop by Bob, Bo- Bob Burns. And every yeah. time I go past, I go, Bob Burns Blinds. <laughs> what, a, what a waste. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a shit joke, but I've, I've been enjoying it for 20 years. And fuck, will I change? Just no. like every time I see a bin that says general waste, I'm like, ah, oh, the general waste. <laughs> Do you salute the pin? I would salute that I always imagine him as a Captain Planet villain. (laughs) Not this time, General Waste. Beware the benevolent General Waste. (laughs) Benevolent. So Homer has to go to Alcoholics Anonymous. Sure. And while he's there, Ned is there, and we find out that he hasn't had a drink in 4,000 days. 4,000 days. Now, 4,000 days is just short of 11 years. 11 years. So we see a flashback to the last time he drank some schnapps. And he looked identical. Yeah. And him and Maud were married. Yes. And they're in the bed together, and we mm-hmm. know that they had to be married because he's a Christian. He's not going to get into a bed with a Not just a, a Christian, but a very, a very specific type of Christian. Yeah, they both look the same. I don't know how old they're meant to be. I think retroactively in season nine or so, they decide that Ned is like 60 years old. I feel like Maud is 60. positioned as much younger than that, though. I think she is, too. Yeah. I would say she's, what, like 33? Oh, I wouldn't have said the difference. What if... Oh, well, sorry, he's 60 in season nine. But, but is, is there a passage of time? 
Like, if he's 60 in season 9, is he 50-something now? I don't because so. I, I don't think Ned 50-something is going to be with Maud 30-something. That doesn't strike me as right. I think it's all retroactively, you know, I think they gotta fucked it a bit. Gotta fucked it? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird way of responding to that. <laughs> oh, tell me more. <laughs> Ooh, general waste. <laughs> oh no, my favourite. Ooh, Joel's baby. <laughs> oh, that's a very um, niche reference to a 90s ad about breath mints. Mole Man is 31 and that upset you. <laughs> so Because he's in the Alcanon meeting yeah. and he says, Alcohol has ruined my life. I'm 31, baby. I'm Mole Man. And my response was, oh fuck, that hits harder than it should. I forgot he said the age was 31 because I'm 31. Yeah. And I don't think alcohol's ruined my life, but it's taken a toll. You're not Mole Man-esque just yet. <laughs> no, you no. haven't joined the Mole Man. No, I haven't started a musical called The Book of Mole Man. <laughs> um, which, by the way, should definitely be thing that has happened if it hasn't already uh, Matt Parker tries to get on it um, uh, yes no uh, horrified to think that Hans Molman is my age except I feel like Molman's age is something they actually play with a lot yeah it's like in the Ned's age yes yeah they yeah. just you know they jank it around a bit they take his age then they Wait, are, are, we allowed, are we allowed to do that bit anymore? You I throw away the paper. We can do whatever we want. Baby. Baby. Who are your guys, by the <laughs> way? <laughs> you know, this is what uh, you this is what you wanted. Santo Chalero? Ed. Glenn Robbins. <laughs> Sam Pang. I don't know why I'm naming the working dog people. <laughs> why did I do that? I don't know. I just wanted to think of a group of people. And the first people I thought of was the panel. The Australian talk show from... From like 1999? From from 20 years ago. Now, when when Bart goes to reach for the cupcakes and he's been... Little buddy boy. Uh, When he goes to reach for the cupcakes and he's been conditioned to think they're going to electrocute him. Much like... When I owned a pair of shoes that kept giving me static shocks everywhere I went and I became worried about touching things made out of metal. But anyway, huh. he can't touch the cupcakes because he thinks he's going to get shocked. Do you know what that is a parody of? Oh, um, okay. Is it a parody? Because it is a parody of something quite ex- like humorously explicit. Is it a parody of like a... So it, it, it's a work of fiction that it's a parody? It's a parody of a movie. Of a movie? Yes. A movie where a cupcake is electrocuted, or no. where, where something is electrocuted. Yes. What do the cupcakes kind of resemble together like that? Oh, they kind of look like a burst. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wait, is there? Was this an Austin Powers thing? Electrocuted breasts? <laughs> no, oh, no, it's the machine gun breast in Austin Powers. Oh yeah, baby. Oh, I've been shocked. I have. I don't been... care. <laughs> Groovy baby, yeah! <laughs> Groovy donkey! Austin's hilarious! That wasn't my Shrek, that was my Billy Connolly's dad. Hey, that's Groovy baby. Get them, get them layers off. Okay, so it's. It, I'm Austin. <laughs> fuck. It's, it's by a director we have talked about before. Oh, Warney Hedgehog. No. <laughs> fuck. Why would it be Warney Hedgehog? A man that does not exist. Oh, isn't Werner Herzog? 
It's not Werner Herzog. But in our universe, he's Warney Hedgehog. Okay, fine, but it's not. It's not Werner. Nor, nor is it Warney. Are you sure? I'm. Okay. Uh, David Lynch. No. Okay. Is he a director? We focused an entire episode on this guy. Oh, Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Electric Tits. <laughs> yeah, it was his hit film, Stanley Electric Tits. Stanley Electric Tits. Okay, so hang on. Let's the. Uh, uh, if, wait, are they electrified breasts? No. Oh, they're poisonous just, breasts. They're... <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm what just... is your understanding of movies? I'm trying <laughs> to engage with you, James. <laughs> How could a movie possibly work in a pair of poisonous breasts? I don't know. <laughs> they're going to kill someone if they touch you're, them. You're telling me that the cupcake is analogous for a breast <laughs> and that there is an electrification happening. No, and then I, I never mentioned electrification. The Simpsons had electrification. Wait, I've, un- I've misunderstood your question. Okay, do you want me to just tell you? <laughs> well, hang on, no. So now I have to understand that there is some kind of entrapment occurring. But no, there's, a, re- Co- there's a reason breasts. the character does not feel... <laughs> That they can touch, like they have a reaction towards touching the breast that causes them to kind of go into like a state of shock. Oh, and that's what this was a reference to. Yes, I, I, I don't see how that can happen without electrocution. But anyway, okay, is it because is it is it Stanley Kubrick's um, uh, blockbuster, The Monroe Box? <laughs> <laughs> in which he analyzes the life of a child who's been brought up into the place with an electrified floor, and they're uh, they're frightened to touch. Breasts. Yeah, it's Full Metal Monroe box. Full Metal Monroe box. Oh, is it Full Metal Jacket? No. Oh, is it Clockwork Orange? Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah, because he gets conditioned by watching all those you know mm. violent sex films, and then he's toothpicks in the eyes, Santa's little helper. Yeah, he's scared of doing. Yeah, we're gonna. I guess we'll watch that eventually. But I feel like I read the book. Yeah, so have I. Didn't, didn't love the book. Loved the film, though. The film's amazing. Sure, films. <laughs> Just, uh, I don't know. I don't want the 22 Flims to be 100% Kubrick, baby. So we'll have to... Difficult, because he's a lot of references of the Kubricks to The Simpsons. Yes. Yes. Because Kubrick was good. Sure. <laughs> so, what else have I got here? Okay, the version of When I Was 17 in this episode... Mm. I think has superseded the original version. I think this is the, the version where, people are now familiar with. To the point where I know quite a bit about music and I didn't know that that was a song. Who's the original by? Who cares? It doesn't even matter anymore. I didn't know that that was a parody. <laughs> I don't know if the original was about someone who was 17, but it definitely is a parody. It sounds... The original sounds exactly like that. Except it's not about beer. It's about something else. Oh, Frank Sinatra. Mm. It was a very good year bracket when I was 17. Yes. Sure. <laughs> good times. Now, at this science fair... I'm not going to play it because we'll get in trouble. ...that uh, Lisa has fucked up with her hamster nonsense. Little Ralphie Wiggum, little Ralphie boy, has built an alcohol-fueled car. Yeah. Shouldn't that be the winner? Isn't yeah, that the clear That's best pretty impressive. Entry? Mm. I mean, how I don't know how the fuck to do that. Do you know how to build an alcohol fueled car? Um, you know, I actually feel like I kind of do. <laughs> I think I can modify a car to run on alcohol. Um, okay. Because ethanol and octane are not that different. I feel like there would just be some some tweaks that would need to happen. Some tweaks. Some tweaks. Okay. Now, is there any way you can describe it without pushing a pair of glasses up your nose and saying, "By my calculations." Um, no, but I will be able to describe it with a reference to Chicken Run. 
Thrust! We need more thrust! Okay. Well, thank you, Chicken Runnison. What is the name of the chicken in that? Is it Mel? Or is that just the actor, Mel Gibson? Yeah, it was Mel. I don't think the chicken was called Mel. Okay, Mel Gibson, if you're listening, uh, fuck you. (laughs) Jesus. Well, come on. Well, yeah, I know. I know. I mean, look, I'm not a huge Mel Gibson fan. I just think normally we have more of a run-up to telling celebrities to go fuck themselves. Radio Lab, I'm coming for you. (laughs) You are a very good podcast, boy. Um, I, it's probably time for us to move on to Last Exit to Springfield. Uh, I got a little bit more to say. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Okay, so this... Have, we haven't really ooh, touched... Ah, uh, just a little bit. Ooh, ooh uh, just, just a little, little bit. Mow! <laughs> no, I just want to... Mow! See, this episode is about... Uh, Homer doesn't drink for 30 days, which sure. is why we want some beers while talking about it. Uh, have I ever talked about the time that I went 30 days without drinking? That sounds like the most tedious intro to a tinder conversation that i've ever heard in my life should i add that to my profile hey baby thanks for accepting my super like have i ever told you about the time i didn't drink for 30 days i'm not super liking anyone every time i've super liked it's an accident everyone awful accident everyone says that on their bio and it's a cover so that you can act all charming and aloof when the person that you super liked liked you back. But even when I've been super liked, well, this is clearly a mistake. This is not intentional. I can tell immediately. Isn't it great, isn't it great being on a dating site and having no self-esteem? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this person said they like me. They're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, June 10, 2010. I got very, very drunk on wine. Drunker than I've probably oh, yeah, ever... Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a very... This is a bad day. Like, when you're throwing up outside of petting zoo, you have to, you know, change some things. <laughs> outside of petting zoo. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do dry July. I'm going to not drink for a month. And here's the thing, Nick. You know, I thought, you know, this would be, like, you know, an interesting thing. It'll be, you know, maybe I'll learn some things about myself. Maybe I'll come out of a better person. Difficult month. Much harder than it should have been, frankly. Oh, yeah. And... Literally the second it ended, I got off my face drunk. Oh, of course. We're talking midnight, (laughs) August 1. Of course, of course. Because I've had times where... And I'm not even that big a drinker. I know, but (laughs) I think this is what it means to be an Australian. Because I've had times where, like, you know, wake up Saturday morning and, like, you know, room spinning level of hungover... Where all you can focus on is taking your next breath because you're worried that you might not. Yep. And then you you lay there in bed and you think, fuck, it's going to be weeks before I drink again. And then at some point you go, all right, I've got to get out of bed. It's time for dinner. I've got to go eat some food. So you can't be bothered cooking anything because you're too hungover. So you go to a restaurant Hmm. and without thinking... You order a beer with your food. <laughs> Even though you've spent all day crying in bed about how drunk you were the night before. Yeah. Every, I've, I've done that countless times. Do I have a problem? I don't think so. I just think I'm Australian. <laughs> See, the hardest part was not not getting drunk, which I am generally fine with. It was not being able to have a beer with lunch when I felt like one. Oh, those more than anything. Incidental lunch beers are my favourite thing. Mm. My favourite thing, and something that horrifies me, is, and look, maybe this was uh, exaggeration for comedic purposes, but uh, comedian Will Anderson was talking about when he was uh, going over to America and pitching various TV shows to people and trying to get some work over there and stuff like that. Um, You know, they would 
uh, take him out for a, a lunch meeting to do this pitching thing. And they'd say, oh, and, and Will, what do you want? And he'll be like, oh, can I get the whatever he was eating? Oh, I'll have a beer. And he's like, yeah. And then you could see the two, you know, network executives kind of look at each other and be like, <laughs> oh, you know, Mr. Anderson, we uh, we should probably ask, you know, is 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 uh, have you got any any issues with alcohol? And he's like, what? No, I'm Australian. Like, <laughs> of course we're gonna have a fucking beer with lunch. And like I say, possibly exaggerated, but um, incidental lunch beers are the best. And you know, there was that. Remember that time? Remember that time when we were both at the same university? Yeah. And I sent you a message saying, hey, man. I am far too drunk to drive home. I need to hang out with you for a few hours because I assume you'd be around because you work <laughs> at the you work at the university. Yep. And then you were like, "Oh, actually, I'm going to go to the, a nearby shopping center and get some shoes." Cool. We got on the bus. <laughs> we went to the shopping center. I noticed that the first bar that we walked past was doing a scotch discount <laughs> where you could get like you know black label scotch for red label prices, and so got drunk again, forgetting. Forgetting that the only reason I was there with you was sober up. <laughs> Fuck. I've been, uh, I've traveled to America a few times with other Australian journalists and the Australian cohort is notorious. <laughs> like the PR know they need to pull us aside <laughs> and say a few things. Uh, before we move on to the next episode, I feel like I should do due diligence here and say, you know, alcohol dependency is like a serious issue for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you do have an issue, seek help, no shame, etc., etc. I don't know if I should be as flippant to say etc., etc. It is a serious issue. We don't mean to, you know, no. make light of anything. No, absolutely We not. just enjoy drinking. Yeah, and I suppose, you know, we're both uh, lucky enough to be in positions where we enjoy a drink, but it's not impacting on our life. Yeah, we any, don't have a dependency, but a lot of people do. It's a real yeah. thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Editor James here. Uh, just quick note: we turned off the microphone for a moment at this point in the recording. I forget why exactly, but like a pair of dickheads, we turned it back on mid-conversation. So I just wanted to put this in here to signal why there's a very sudden transition in conversation. Okay, enjoy the rest of it. I mean, some of the lyrics in Metro Station "Shake It" are very dodgy. Huh. Like so, there's a there's a call and response in the pre-chorus. Tonight you're falling in love. Let me go now. Huh? Don't like that. Well, fuck that song, man. Yeah, fuck Metro uh, Station. Um, isn't that Billy Ray Cyrus's son? Really? The guitarist. Yeah, Trey Cyrus, I reckon. You know Billy Ray Cyrus. Uh, you know in Miley Cyrus, it seemed like she was getting a bit wild, and he was like not a fan. A bit wild. You know he blames that on the movie Mulholland Drive by David Lynch. Huh? Because he was in that film. Do you mean the song Mulholland Drive by Gaslight Anthem? <laughs> sure. Let's pretend that's what I said. Is okay. He's in that song by. <laughs> <laughs> You've just skewered my entire. Idea of what comedy is. Yeah, Nick, let's pretend that's what I said. <laughs> so Billy Ray Cyrus, he's in that. He blamed David Lynch because he was in Mulholland Drive. He said that's what sort of brought them back into Hollywood. That's what got Miley Cyrus involved in all of this stuff. And that's oh. what drove her off the rails, even though she's incredibly successful. Um, uh, fans, Broke his heart, his achy, breaky heart. Fans of David Lynch. The Lynch may pop? enjoy this podcast. Whoa. No. <laughs> all right. That got the reaction it deserved. <laughs> a hard recoil. <laughs> Last exit to Springfield. Last exit to Springfield. 
Okay. To Bef- Hans Sprungfeld. Before we dig into this, let's... Hans ed- exit to Sprungfeld. <laughs> Good. Thanks. Hans and Lobster <laughs> share really nothing in common, but except for the fact that they're both four letters. Yeah, and they both have an A with an S. Now, in 2003, Entertainment Weekly called this the very best episode of The Simpsons. Oh. In his book, Planet Simpsons, Chris Turner called this. Who's Chris Turner? The author of Planet Simpson, which I have read. He named this the best episode of The Simpsons. Right. In another year, I didn't write the details on this one, but The Simpsons Archive, the... The moderators of the Simpsons Archive, which is like the big Simpsons Archive website, rated this the best episode of The Simpsons. Sure. I'm just going to check to see if Simpsons Index have done it. Okay. Uh, Because that's the online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. Yep, we won episode 98 and 66, was it? Uh, I think it was 68, actually. I think it was 98 and 68. Ooh, nice. Does that mean we're going to be on 128 as well? Maybe. Elliot, if you're listening. Uh, the spreadsheet. Uh, there's a chance they haven't done it yet. Let me... Well, we've pipped them to the post. Baby. Yeah, I'm on the spreadsheet, and if I search exit, it doesn't come up, so they haven't done it. But Okay. I'm sure it'll be up there as a cubic zirconia. What if you search Brexit? Very, very good. Last Brexit to Springfield, the uh, the classic Simpsons episode about the UK splitting from uh, the European Union. Yes, that, uh, that classic. Yep, a total disaster, a monstrous fuck up on the part of the government and the people. Uh, and extremely good episode of The Simpsons, though. Yes. Wonderful. Uh, I would, in fact, Nick... Yeah. I would go so far as to say that this episode fucks. Oh, dear. I mean, that's a phrase I've not heard you use before. You threatened to fuck our lasagna for dinner. Um, I don't believe I did. Was the lasagna okay, by the way? Uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah. But I believe my sure, exact... I'm you... not sure about the mushroom layer. I think I might uh, subtract that from future lasagnas. I don't think it adds or subtracts anything, really. Maybe, you know, I guess it adds whatever proteins are in mushrooms. But uh... Yeah, my, my entire thing with, with foods like lasagna, my entire thing is how many vegetables can I put into this to try and make a not particularly food healthy, mm. a, a not particularly healthy food as healthy as it can be. I believe the exact message you sent to me was, uh, for dinner, I'm thinking a lasagna with chips and salad situation, uh, baby, this is Nick, by the way. And I responded something along the lines of, oh, I definitely fuck with lasagna. Mm. And you interpret this as me wanting to fuck the lasagna. That's what I thought you meant. And look, I got a confession, Nick. No. I, I, I did it. Fuck the lasagna. Last exit to Springfield. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, last exit to Springfield. The um, the episode that everyone loves, including us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you took some notes, did you? I'm seeing. Uh, I've taken three notes. <laughs> Only three. Would you like me to go through them now? No. So let's space them out a bit. <laughs> let's make them like little treats for the listener. <laughs> <laughs> All the Nickheads out there. I, I can imagine like... All the, the Nickheads. 
there's like a family oh. sitting at home and like the little boys on his dad's lap. I just gotta hear Nick notes soon, Daddy. Papa, <laughs> do you think Nick will have any notes today? Oh, I wouldn't have thought so, son. <laughs> we'll have to see, son. <laughs> Papa, is my wish finally gonna come true? Oh, I wouldn't have thought so, son. The hospital said they've got no blood for for kids like you. I don't know what situation this kid's in. Now, son, you know that when your sister joined Team James, she was given the blood immediately. <laughs> why won't you? Just, why won't you just move over? I'm a Team Nick till I die. <laughs> well, you're gonna die soon, son. What a ridiculous bit! What is this? I don't know, Papa. Why do they not have my kind of blood over at Team Nick? Well, son, the record keeping over at Team Nick, a little lackluster. Maybe they've got your blood, but they just don't know where it is. Is this accent slipping into... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's becoming not good. What is that? It's like... There was like a bear puppet or something. A bear puppet? Oh, you mean <laughs> te- Strassman's teddy bear? Yeah, that's what you were doing there. Well, Dave, the thing about the record keeping is, over in Team Nick... It's it's a little. (laughs) You know what I I keep thinking about? I keep thinking this is. It's a little lackluster in that corner, Dave. I'm thinking this is the most beloved episode of The Simpsons. Well, you know, this maybe some new listeners will come in at this point. Like, let's hear them talk about Los Angeles to Springfield. Why are they talking about children? Why are they talking about David Why are they talking about David Strassman? Who is David Strassman? <laughs> it's the puppeteer that did Teddy Bear. And, yeah, I know. I'm imagining this oh, sorry, what is Papa, when are they going to get to the episode? <laughs> Who's David Strassman? Why are they talking about well, a bear? Well, Dave. Tell your child they're going to die. <laughs> well, well, Dave. Because, oh, my God. Because the hospital doesn't have the blood in your type, I'm not sure if you're going to make it to when Nick and James start talking about the episode, Dave. Nick, can I just say... <laughs> I never thought I'd get to do my teddy bear. I love that voice so much. Oh, fuck. Can I just say, Nick, ice to see you. <laughs> okay, so uh, this is the um, <clears throat> McBain. Yes, little McBain have intro. We, have we talked before about how there was that thing that went around the internet a few years ago that was like, oh, if you watch all the McBain clips, it's like a movie. And you watch it like, no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> It's like a series of These are very distinctly different movies. Unrelated clips. I'm glad. I, I think we have talked about that before. Yeah, that I'm, bothered me. I'm glad that it's the case. It it's one of those things that a lot of people are linking me to as well. Yeah. Oh, you'll be interested in this. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, this is bad. <laughs> See, that's why I prefer to put up a, a barrier of being uninterested in content. Because then people don't link Because you have sort of a uh, phobia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Reverend Sung Young Moon knows all about it. What? <laughs> Should we do an episode on Seinfeld? <laughs> I don't see why we would. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a stupid idea. Yeah, we'll add to the list of, you know, my my podcast idea for Seinfeld is that it's called uh, What's the Deal with Podcasts, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which I mm-hmm. think is a great name. Now, somebody's going to steal it. Uh, copyright, copyright, copyright. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're a lawyer. That works, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way you can copyright things. <laughs> Um, ah, oh, fuck. So, yeah, uh, this episode returns to our old mate, Mr. Burns, the sixth member of The Simpsons. In in many ways. Yes. Who, 
Like, the more we watch these early seasons, the more I think that Burns is quite legitimately platformed as, like, either the antagonist or, like, the next major character after The Simpsons. Mm. He gets so many major plot lines. Mm. He seems to be, early on, the main secondary character that an episode might be focused on. That's a really good point. And I love him. He's great. He's a bitter, hateful old man, and he's my favorite. Do we call him Little Burnsy Boy? Little Burnsy Boy. Little Burnsy Boy. Well, we see Little Burnsy Boy in 1909 oh, in do- this one. Oh, the Adam Smashing Factory. Fuck. Yes. Which Man, is I enjoy great that part. bit. It's also, you know, one of our running bits on this podcast is me talking about things that me and my buddy Matt used to reference heavily when we were kids. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. one of them was Atoms. What did the- Six of them. <laughs> <laughs> Constant references to Atoms. Because we were cool kids. Oh, so so good the delivery of like the under the breath muttering of the counting <laughs> yeah. and then convert six of them yeah oh, the way he mutters one two three four and then jumps to and six then jumps to, yeah it's just perfect comedic timing <laughs> doesn't need to oh did you see the the gif that was doing the rounds of the the pizza that is a perfect lesson in comedic timing no, there's a. Uh, it's going to be difficult to explain on an audio medium, but I'll do it anyway. There's a wonderful gif of someone opens an oven. And a pizza has slid off the oven shelf onto the oven door, the open oven door. It pauses for a moment. It then slides down to the floor of the oven, pauses for a moment, and then catches fire. <laughs> that is good. It is, And it's perfectly spaced apart. Like, the tweet is like, you know, this pizza is a perfect lesson in comedic timing <laughs> or something like that. It's really, really good. Anyway. Um, yes, the Atom Smashing Factory. Love it. The Atom Smashing Factory. Whoop, whoop. Ah. Fuck. Uh, what are you doing? You're on your phone there? I might be about to try and show you the thing. Okay. Um. Uh, this episode is very good. And unions are very important. Oh, you're showing me the video right now. <laughs> oh yeah, that is good. But like, like, let's the beats, bang, bang, bang. That's great. <clears throat> okay, I'm gonna roll a bag a bit. Uh, this episode, Nick. Yeah, man. Very good episode. Sure. And unions, unions, are very important. I agree. Yeah, I agree. They are very important. Yes. Yeah. It is good to join your union and support your union. Yeah. And. God, I wish I was in a union at university. <laughs> it just seems like I really should be. Can you? Are you? Is it too late for you to join the student union? The you, you might be able to get discount jelly shots at Easter or whatever <laughs> it is student unions do. I think these days the student union is actually doing quite a bit at my university yeah, because see, things are really fucked and they see, need to. <laughs> see, see the, the the thing that I think is not great for me is that while I am. Entirely in favour of the general concept of unionism insofar as industrial. It's while I am the concept of will I am, by the way. <laughs> I'm sorry, good. I just I had to do good. it. Um, uh, will I am the uh, concept of unionism in industrial relations generally. My first exposure to a union was the student union at university, mm. and man, it was difficult for me to take that seriously. Yeah. Uh, because it's one of those things that, um, and I, I've talked about this in context of something else on this podcast, and I don't remember what. It's one of those things that feels like a group of kids that have their little treehouse club <laughs> that you're not allowed in, no homers. Mm. 
Uh, and then when they do allow you in, their entire purpose is just to provide the cheapest, shittest beer possible. Yeah. <laughs> and while I enjoy cheap beer, I don't like shit beer, but while I enjoy cheap beer, um, it... it <clears throat> yeah, I'm not hard to get on board, but... Also, when I was at uni, things weren't as bad as I could have been. Yeah, I, I intentionally so. do not name where I work, but uh, yeah, the student union has definitely had to uh, pull their socks up a bit lately because things are kind of fucked. And they, no, uh, that's no good. Like, it, it seems like they're far more active than any other organization on the grounds, frankly. So, you sure. know, shout out to the union that I refuse to name because yeah. uh, I don't want to reveal where I work. I'm sure they'll be happy for the shout out. <laughs> Shout out to you. Yeah, I'm sure they're listening. Shout out to you, mystery brown bag. I believe I liked a treat by one of them yesterday. So you know, Ooh, watch oh, out, mate. Oh, oh, oh. The the internet for uh, uh, the, the, the tweet liker is logged on. The the bloody radio lab Illuminati will be on to you, chasing you down, trying to ruin your career. I saw on Facebook today that David Icke is going to tour Adelaide. Oh God! <laughs> I know, Fuck. right? David, when you're on the plane, look out of the window. <laughs> You'll see the earth, my fuck. Yeah, you might also see some lizards just floating around out there, though. That's the. It's hard to know what he's going to see. Is he a flat earther? He thinks the moon is hollow. Okay. And the fact that he thinks the moon is hollow. Because his main thing is lizard people, right? I don't actually think that's his main thing. I think it's one of his things. I think it's one of the things. Imagine that if lizard people was not your main thing. (laughs) I, I think lizard people is probably the thing that most people in our cynical Twitter world know him for. I do not actually think it's his main thing. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, because my main point of reference is actually Hollow Moon for him because lizard people is so ludicrous that I don't see how anyone could... There we go. Uh, that was James, if anyone's keeping score. Um, I don't see how anyone could... Uh, anyway, whatever, David Icke. I'm glad that people will now know that this podcast is anti-David Icke. We're anti-Icke. Yeah, just in case that was unclear previously. Mm. Uh, not pro-Icke. So, what else have I got here? Every time every time I hear a can of spray paint being shaken, I think of this episode. I <laughs> you think, think it's a child's tooth? Yeah, because of the whole dentist plot in this, where Lisa has to get braces. Sure. And, yeah, that's good. Okay, and so, so you think this... How often, how often do you handle spray paint cans? I don't know if I handle spray paint very often, but I'm, you know, I'm hearing it. I'm thinking about it. You're hearing it. I'm living that spray life. You live. <laughs> I'm like a cat trying to mark its territory, you know, just living that spray life. Fucking hell. Sure. So the dental plan thing. I got a few, there's a few things we can dig into here. You know, I once bought a can of spray paint when I was 16 and I thought I was being so fucking rebellious because I'm like, yes, spray paint, here we go. This is a teenage thing. And then all I did with it was spray paint a tennis ball blue. (laughs) And then I was so nervous that someone would find out and get me in trouble that I threw the ball down the street, (laughs) threw the can in the neighbor's bin and ran back to my bedroom. Turns out I'm not cut out for being a rebel. Oh, that's not the only spray painting story I have. Have I told you the spray painting story about me with the pin when I was in year three? You with the pen when you were in year three. Uh, we were doing some art thing where we were using spray paint and then one of the, the red spray paint can got clogged. So the teacher gave me and the worst kid in the class, unequivocally the worst kid in the class, mm. and me, gave us a pin and said, oh, can you boys see if you can unclog this? Well, old mate, worst kid, just got a, the pin and kind of like jammed it into the nozzle of the spray paint. What that does, though, is it jams it open. 
So it was spraying uncontrollably. Imagine this can of spray paint just absolutely pishing red paint everywhere. So we just kind of went, threw it like a grenade. It went twirling through the air like a Catherine wheel, fireworks thing. We were covered in red paint. My mum came to pick me up from school, thought I was involved in a murder scene. It was great. Might say they caught you red-handed. Oh, fuck. It got me. Oh, got you good. Dental plan. Lisa needs braces. Should we? I've never. What is the. I like this bit, but why is it endured as it has? Let's try, let's try doing it back and forth and seeing if we can find the joy in it. Okay? Dental plan. Lisa needs braces! Dental plan. Lisa needs braces! Dental plan. Lisa needs braces! Dental plan. I'm not sure that this is any fun. I think I get it now. That was funny. <laughs> you were shaking your head like a Muppet. <laughs> It's because you've, you've known me long enough to know that whenever I do a voice, I have to put my entire body into it. That makes it more convincing in my head. But like your arms are like rigid at your side. You're doing a very weird physical thing there. And I wish we could have shown I it could, to the listener. I could have done big floppy Muppet arms. I just didn't think I had the room. Or the wherewithal. So when, uh, when they're going to lose their dental plan and Homer needs to talk them out of losing their dental plan... Uh, we see Gummy Joe. We're introduced to Gummy Joe, a character that I love. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, Gummy Joe, where would you be without the dental plan? He says, well, I wouldn't have old Chomper here, I that's for sure. old Chomper. And then so he, he smashes his tooth into a can of hip-pop. 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 I want to talk about hip-pop. Sure. What a ludicrous name for a drink. It's an excellent name for a drink. Here's the thing. I was thinking about this earlier today, and I don't know why, but I was sitting in my office. Actually, I do kind of know why. I was drinking a can of Coke. Sure. I rarely want soft drink, but today I was like, can of Coke, that's what I need, that's going to sure. perk me up. So yep. I was drinking a can of Coke, I just started thinking, the term pop, to indicate that you're drinking some sort of like soda or carbonated beverage, I don't like that word, that's shit, pop, no time for that. that that's why I call you up every time you use an Americanism, because <laughs> <laughs> they, they all are jarring and irksome to me. Yeah, pop is a nightmare though. <laughs> Yeah. Why would you call something a can of pop? I don't know. Just throw it in a river. Forget about it. So what are you throwing cans in rivers for? Well, you know, to hurt the environment, so, obviously. Soda? Can you swing with soda? I can swing with soda. I see. I'm, I, I'm not sure I can swing but with I soda. But I feel like soda is like the technical definition of what the drink is. Well, I would say it's a carbonated beverage. <laughs> would you now? I will, I, <laughs> is it, that it, on your Tinder profile? It, it, <laughs> Uh, as far as I'm concerned, they're called carbonated beverages by my calculations. <laughs> and tell you what, if you have enough carbonated beverages, you won't be unusually toothy. Get fucked. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is uh, a this is a good episode of The Simpsons <laughs> and a terrible episode of Hudson and Kier Springfield. Okay, so just, have you gone through any of your notes yet? Oh, I had Hoffer, but I crossed it out. <laughs> so you've only got two notes left. I've only got two notes left. All right, Nick, I think it's time. Let's unleash one of your notes okay. for that little boy who needs blood. I really enjoy that when Lisa goes to the dentist, there's a good sign gag. It says, painless dentistry, formerly painful dentistry. <laughs> That's nice. I like the idea that they used to advertise themselves as painful dentistry. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So this is painless dentistry, formerly. We've had semi-painless dentistry yeah, in a previous yeah. episode. Yeah. Well, semi-painless... Are these separate chains? Isn't semi-painless the one that is in the opening title sequence that replaced the candy dandy? I believe so, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if it's a chain, but I love that they used to advertise themselves as 
painful dentistry. I just like the idea they're formally. There are competing dentists with very similar names. Mm. Surely you're going to go to... I guess you would go to pain... Before you would have gone to semi-painless. Now you're just going to go to painless. Sure. Whereas painful was just, uh, you know, probably not getting much business. I wouldn't have thought so. I'd hope not. I'd hope Unless it's had... like a sexual thing. Is that a thing? It might be. People want like... Oh, I get it. Like a root canal. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Give me that marathon, man. That's a movie that I've seen. Mar- is that a, t- is that a tooth thing? Yeah, there's a tooth torture scene. A tooth torture scene? Yeah, Dustin Hoffman gets his teeth all fucked up. Oh. And here's to you, Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Robinson. Robinson. This movie is called Marathon Man. <laughs> Not sure about your song parodies tonight. <laughs> um, all right. I was going to talk about the, the note that I crossed out because I didn't actually fact check it. Is there's a reference to a union boss that's gone missing and then they see him mm. buried under a football field. And I think that's a reference to a union boss called Jimmy Hoffer who is rumored yeah. to be buried under a football field. But yeah. I, didn't, I didn't actually check that up. So you know what? We might cross to editing Bay James. Yes, thanks for that, Nick. Uh, Jimmy Hoffer disappeared in 1975 uh, by the looks of things, was declared legally dead in. 82 and there are indeed rumors that he was buried under giant stadium but in 2010 during some demolition they uh, officially debunked that rumor so uh jimmy hoffa probably somewhere else there there's a scene in this episode homer becomes the boss of the union the head yes. of the union and he imagines being a godfather-esque figure walking down the road accepting donuts and people. This scene fucks so hard. Uh, 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 that's a nice donut. Molto bene. I don't know if that's the correct term, but... Molto bene. I'll tell you what, though. The Godfather, very good movie. What do you say? Oh, very good. You yeah. mean Molto bene? It's got your boy uh, Al Pacino in it. You know what I was thinking? Like, I'm going to be the Godfather. Hooah! Hooah! You know what I was thinking? Say hello to my little friend, the Godfather. Hooah! <laughs> you know what I was thinking the other day about... Uh, this is vaguely connected to the phrase Molto Bene. Sure. Do you remember um, uh, the pasta sauce company Legos? Sure. And in the 90s, they had ads with like Australian celebrities speaking Italian with subtitles. And it was about how Legos was so authentic as an Italian source that it would make you speak Italian. Sure. There was an ad with oh someone from Neighbours. It may have been... Was it Toadie? No, it was, a, it was a woman from Neighbours. It may have been Ada Nicodemu, possibly. Okay. Um, and uh, she use, she uses the phrase... Um, and I think I'm going to get this right. I haven't actually looked it up. But she uses the phrase mescolandro bene, which I think means stir well. And <laughs> that's stuck in my head for 22 years. But the <laughs> Italian for stir well is mescolandro bene. Um, interesting. All because yeah. of a pasta sauce ad. Yeah. Cool. You and your pastas. Me and my weird nuggets of knowledge that just <laughs> embed themselves in my head and then refuse to leave. We get a scene in this where... Homer is at the power plant, and Burnsy's watching him saying, uh, I'm Mr. Burns, I'm watching Homer here. Look at him, he's doing calisthenics while everyone else is pissing around at the vending machines. But it turns out that Homer, in a hilarious twist, actually has a sugar daddy stuck to his back. My question to you, Nick, yes. what the fuck is a sugar daddy? I'm assuming it's like that... <sighs> I'm assuming Homer has a... Um... 
an arrangement mm. in which, you know, he's got a a, a wealthy gentleman who mm. pay his way through university in return for some favours. Interesting. So you're telling me that there are men out there, powerful rich men, who will uh, pay your way through life in exchange for certain, I guess, what we would euphemistically call favours. Yeah, I mean, the favours may depend from person to person. For Some some of them maybe all they want to cuddle. Some of yep. them might want more. Okay, fascinating. Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't looked that deeply into the sugar daddy world. Okay. Can't so, afford so you don't know how we might go about contacting these men to arrange some sort of uh, I think we can go desperate the, financial escape. I think we can go to the website. I think seekingarrangement.com is the website that most people use to set up their sugar daddy Okay, um, and if you have a legal issue, what about seekingarrangement.com? Does that work? Fuck. <laughs> that was... Not only was that such a wonderful build, but it it required you to assume that I would know seekingarrangement.com. <laughs> so, an arraignment is a hearing in which your charge gets formally read, and then you formally plead guilty or not guilty. If you wanted one of those, yes, you could go to seekingarrangement.com. Now, when we talk about hearing and we talk about sugar daddies, in the very next scene, Homer mistakenly believes that Mr. Burns is trying to seduce him. Oh. And he says that he is a little curious about having sex with Burnsy. Well. There's a... This episode has the faintest glimmer of progressiveness to it. I think, maybe, in that it espouses the qualities of unions. Yes. There is a fairly positive, I think, reference to a gay porno later on. Uh, There's a... When the... When the power comes back onto the town, there's a strip club that lights up called Adam and Adam. Mm. Mm. Was that a strip club or was that the name of a porno? Oh, I thought it was a strip club. That makes on, more sense. Based on how the, the based yeah. on how the shops were framed, I mm. think it was a strip club. Yeah, and I know this is like the lowest of fucking low buzz imaginable, but the mere acknowledgement of the existence of a of a gay strip club is something for the early nineties, right? I mean, when consuming early nineties content, mm. you've got to take what you can fucking get. Yeah, Cause the Simpsons doesn't have the best track record on this. I think they, it's one of the very few things they have actually gotten a little better at in later years. Maybe. Yeah. 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 There's a yellow submarine scene. That is very nice. I completely forgot about that. We've got my Lego yellow submarine just there. You do. Still in the box. Um, I um, had completely forgotten about the yellow submarine scene. It's quite mm. nice. It oh, is. Look there. Yeah, it's sleeced in the sky. No diamonds, though. Oh, we're the Beatles, we are. Oh, we're the yellow fucking submarine, we are. <laughs> look over there. It's Lisa in the sky with diamonds. Ooh. My Dave Callan's getting weirder and weirder. <laughs> For some reason, I'm giving Dave Callan a lisp. He doesn't have a lisp. What if he starts to develop one? <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> There's some sort of like shining like thing going on here where we're... Shining. Yes. There's a lot of... I feel like there's a lot of references in this episode to movies that I have not seen. Ew. I get that vibe from this episode. <laughs> How does it feel to be me? There's a lot of uh, very iconic dialogue in this one. Yes. A lot of stuff This is really fucking fun. Hired goons... Hired goons is something I think about all the time. The way they keep repeating the phrase "hired goons." Yes, because then um, I, I enjoy the well. 
the the callback I enjoy most is when Burns says, "Ah, oh, sorry, I didn't have to. Sorry, I had to send it around the hired goons." And Homer, still after being dragged to the Burns mansion by these two hired goons, still confusedly hired goons, still doesn't get it. I love yeah. it. I love it so much. And it reminds like me- the personal touch of hired goons. Yeah. Hired goons, <laughs> and because um, it, it reminds me of uh, a com- very separate joke with a similar running callback thing of the. Hansel? Hansel? In the Bugs Bunny episode that has Hansel and Gretel. Oh, I thought you were talking about Zoolander. Oh, no, no I'm never talking about Zoolander. I've never even been to Mount Vesuvius, bro. Mount Vesuvander, yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, best of times, blurst of times. Yes, Again, very good. Just, very good. This episode fucks hard. Uh, Iconic. Still, pretty good story attempt by the, uh, the Wonderful story. Yes. There's a lot of stuff that I'd, I'd forgotten about some of the stuff in here. There's just so much in this episode. You know, I saw a meme the other day that made me laugh. It was a picture... <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was a picture of uh, three monkeys. One was playing the drums, one had a guitar strapped on him, and the other one was standing at a keyboard. And the caption was, hey, hey, mm. we're the people, and monkeys say we people around. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. I saw that. That was nice. Yeah, it was good. Nice I, little moment was, for the it, monkeys. It was very wholesome. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. You know they didn't write their own songs. Well, kids can be so cruel. Yeah. Uh, Burns falling out the helicopter I'd forgotten about entirely. Oh, my God. And they drop Homer back at his house after negotiations fall apart and Homer pisses in a mysterious room. Uh, (laughs) They drop Homer back and Burns falls out of the helicopter. Yes. (laughs) Seems to break most of his bones. Mm. I like things like yes. this. Simpson, would you be a deer and rub my legs until the feeling comes back? I like it when the old man gets hurt. Um, and then they do the double where he gets taken away in the stretcher and then clonks his head on the chimney. Yes. Very similar to um, Springfield Gorge, mm. uh, but uh, funny. Yes. Just like we gorged ourselves on Lasagne. Lasagne. Is that a Futurama reference? Oh, that's Champagne. Actually, it's a reference to Married with Children of All Things. Okay, sure. <laughs> ah, fuck, this, there's a lot in this one. Lenny gets punched in the back of the head. That's good. There's a kid called Quigley with crossed eyes. Quigley, oh, sorry, Quigley. There are just so many scenes. And the other thing that I love about this episode that I think is audacious. Audacious. Is there is so much happening in this episode, and yet there are still multiple scenes that take forever. Oh, yeah. And it yeah. is so good. There are some scenes that they hang on for a wonderfully long amount of time. The one everyone thinks about is the dental plan, but of the three really big ones, that is the third best one. Yes. The second best one, I think, is when uh, Mr. Burns and Smithers go through a long series of doors to reach the button to turn off all the power everywhere. Yep, very good. Only smart. for them to get there, for there to be a busted screen door. That also enters in there with a dog poking around. Yep. Wonderful. Very get smart. Yes. Very get smart. I would like to get smart, but what? I can't because I'm a dickhead idiot. Get lucky. <laughs> yeah. I'm up all night to get lucky. Hmm. Recording podcasts. The And then the best thing in the world is Grandpa Simpson as a union buster carrying oh, on. The, the, the story about the onion on the belt. Onion yep. on the belt. Give me three bees for a quarter. That, that scene fucks... So hard. Mm. And I think it might just be Dan Castellaneta just making shit up. Possibly. And it is everything to all people. It is a gold star moment. It is 10 out of 10. 
I think the, I think the writers of this show did a really good job. Interesting. On the ga- Interesting. 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 Yeah, they did a good job on the gag in this, the most popular show. <laughs> it is good. I can see. I mean, to be honest, I know you read all those credits saying that everyone regards this as the best. Yes. I'm not sure that it's the best. It's really good. Mm. I don't think it's the best. Not, I don't think not, it's the absolute best. Not for my taste, anyway. Yeah. Not for my taste. I think I think it's a very strong episode. It's probably up there. If we were on the Simpsons Index, I'd say give it Zaconia, baby. Is it up there like Kazali? It is. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm just like that old chocolate bar up there, Kazali film in the 90s. Maybe that's too obscure. Do you remember that when they named a chocolate bar after up there Kazali? No, they did not name a chocolate bar after Kazali. They 100% did. This is a thing that definitely happened. Oh, look at that up. <laughs> you reacted. I thought I like was... I had personally offended you. <laughs> I thought I was the king of anachronistic niche bullshit. Yeah, well, I pay attention to chocolate. Uh, oh, God, really... the the notes. This is one of those episodes where my notes just sort of become a bit frantic and excited. I've got the phrase "argle bargle" or "fufaro" written here. That's just a nice turn of phrase. Very good. From hell's heart, I stab at thee. That's written here. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Very good. The song... Oh, uh, Cock of Nothing is, is another good line. Homer Simpson is Cock of Nothing. Yes. The song, uh, They Have the Plant, But We Have the Power. Yes, yes, yes. Is actually a really nice message. Union Strike song. Very good. Yeah, song. lovely bit of wordplay. Beautiful song. Mm, very and good. they do classical gas. And that's... The episode ends on the worst joke of all time in a way that I fucking love. And oh, that's the, the tooth. Oh, yes. And yes, then yes. they all laugh really hard, and then the gas is on, and they laugh again. Another very long, drawn-out joke. Laughing now, you gas. know me. You know me. I'm I your do. boy. And I use the phrase, and that's the tooth. You do. More often than I should. I think your two most used phrases are, and that's the tooth. And, and please then, help me, I'm stuck. Nope. Your second most used phrase is, you'll stretch and go, ah, oh, my old man bones. Yeah. I do complain about my bones a lot. And you call them old man bones. Yes. Because you had a bone transplant when you were a child, and you, mm. relatively young man, have the bones of a very old man. Yeah. It's a real calcium issue for you. Yeah, it's very weird. It's yeah. a uh, unfortunate bone issue. I mean... <laughs> How is Tinder going for you, by the way? <laughs> poorly. Poorly. Thank you for asking. Poorly, sure. If you're out there, no. not welcome on the podcast. Uh, maybe... We could talk about Encino Man, buddy. Is this wa- podcast about anything anymore? <laughs> I watched I watched Encino Man. Did you? And I watched Biodome. Uh, do we need to add these to this theoretical list of movies you have seen? Yeah, I don't think they're on the list. You know, when I was a kid, I unironically loved Biodome. I thought really? it was like a good, fun film. Right, interesting. Now as an adult, I have no desire to rewatch it because I imagine it's a bad movie, buddy. Do you reckon we could get um, Biodome into 22 Flames on the basis that they're under a dome and so is the Simpsons movie? Oh, maybe. No, I don't want to watch... It seems like a bit of a stretch. I don't want to watch Biodome or the Simpsons movie again. We're going to have another... We're on disc four of season four. We're going to have another 22 Flames coming up soon. We are, yeah. Have you got one in mind? Yeah. Are you going to share it? I mean, the thing that I keep thinking is we need to watch Citizen Kane. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, it seems like a fairly... The movie about the walking stick that grows to become sentient. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, that's not that far off the truth. <laughs> what? 
Well, I look forward to seeing how this plays out. <laughs> it's a very good movie. Sure. I, probably, I don't feel like I need to tell you that, really. It's fucking Citizen Kane. It's the Citizen Kane of movies. <laughs> Just like this is the Citizen Kane of podcasts. <laughs> no, I don't think that's the case. I think this is more the Uber of podcasts. <laughs> the Uber? In that it has um, reprehensible management decisions <laughs> and is absolutely pissing money. <laughs> this has been Pods in the Key of Springfield. Uh, if you would like to give us a rating on iTunes and subscribe, we would very much appreciate Look, it. Maybe, maybe listen to some other episodes before you give us a rating. This episode's been a bit weird. <laughs> You can email us at podsinthekeyofspringfield at gmail.com or contact us on all of the social media, either at Key Springfield or Pods in the Key of Springfield, depending on which site you happen to find yourself on at the time. Uh, my name has been James, and I have been one of the hosts of Pods in the Key of Springfield. My name is Nick, and I continue to be the other host of Pods in the Key of Springfield. Uh, Wooza Wuzzle. Um, uh, A googly doogly. Homer Simpson, he's cock of nothing. Uh, Goodbye, everyone. Lisa needs braces. Dental plan. Lisa needs braces. Dental plan. But Lisa needs braces. Dental plan. Lisa needs braces. Dental plan. And where's she going to get them? In Springfield. So it should be good. I ate, <laughs> ate an enormous amount of lasagna and some chips. And halfway through watching um, the second episode, I realized that I'd eaten far too much food. Hey man, never and stop Garfield. I didn't want to bet what? Garfield, the cat. Oh, the lasagna cat. Yeah, exactly. Samurai, Andrew Garfield. Samurai lasagna cats. Yes. We Samurai you, lasagna cats. We hope you like the show. Um, I was given a box set of Samurai Pizza Cats. I'm pointing at it now. Yep. Uh, haven't watched a single episode. As you keyed up and said, I was, I thought you were going to like break into a, like a nineties white guy rap. I was walking down the street just the other day. (laughs) (laughs) Saw a Samurai Pizza Cat coming my way. (laughs) Said, uh, hey there cat. Uh, I'm just trying to walk. He pulled out his sword. Didn't want to talk. He came and he sliced me uh, through my body, and that's uh, how I became uh, Nick without a body. <laughs> no, Fuck. that doesn't work. Fuck. Let's see. Okay, he he sliced me up and he spilled my guts, uh, blood everywhere. I was screaming. It was nuts. There we go. Better. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Better, better. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you had a second bite of that. <laughs>